Hey everybody, welcome back to Backing the Pack, the podcast. I'm Steven, and as always, alongside me is Will. And uh, Will, how's it going this evening? It's great. Got a beer tonight, so I'm going to let some takes fly. <laughs> that's Those are the best kind of takes sometimes. That's, well, that's right. Then again, yeah, I just... <laughs> In the middle of a basketball game with the beer that's that's where i get in trouble but uh, that's yeah me too yeah no. uh, it's been a been a couple of weeks here since we last talked to each other and in that time unfortunately our wolfpack nit basketball journey came to an end uh, state fell one game shy of making it to the extremely prestigious nit final four in new york city Very at nice. msg no less indeed I hear it's a fairly famous arena, <laughs> and heard something, thing or two about that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, kind of a bummer. It's a little disappointing, I suppose. But yeah, no, it just uh, at least I guess with losing in the NIT, even in a somewhat painful fashion, there it it kind of, at least for me anyway, it kind of just uh, faded pretty quickly. Yeah, I w- I would agree with that. I mean, that was a a wildly entertaining game. Uh, just ended up NC State on the short end of that. Uh, but, like, for that being a game on where the NCAA tournament was not on, like, everyone who wanted to watch basketball was watching that game. And, like, several, like, prominent media people that were clearly watching the game said it was the most entertaining game they had watched in maybe the whole season. It was, it was a crazy game. And uh, it's... Yeah, it was unfortunate that, you know, state season ended as, you know, time expired basically. Uh but it was it was a it was a fun game to watch and uh you just the the one sad part about it is that Torin Doran's career ended on that turnover, basically. Uh and that sucked. But uh you know, I would kinda say that this, you know, that was kind of indicative of the whole season. There were opportunities there. State seized some of them by beating uh, now final four bound Auburn. Uh, but there were opportunities that were missed. And that, that I think that'll be kind of the overarching theme of what happened this season. No doubt. It. I was kind of thinking it had a... a f- a bit of a Dave Doran feel to it this year, kind of just just in the sense that you know they NC State they were good, not great. Yep. Didn't have any real marquee, you know, headlining wins to hang their hat on. Of course, um, generally beat the teams they were supposed to. Mostly just lost to the teams that they weren't supposed to beat. It was kind of a it felt very Dave Doran esque that way. Um, that is very Doran. I don't really mean that as a, as like a slanderous thing. Uh, for Kevin Keats or anything. It was just kind of one of those years where you know, there weren't really a lot of uh, big exclamation point moments. Um, but you're right. I mean, that it, definitely the end there, again, it's indicative of just not quite being able to get over the hump and, and mm-hmm. do something that would be at least somewhat memorable. I mean, yep. you know, going to the NIT Final Four is not obviously the hugest deal uh, this time of year, but it's it's something, you know. It's, it's, it would have been nice. It would have been a, a good reward for the team at least, you know, for playing hard and, and keeping going after getting snubbed from the NCAAs to, to get there and have another, you know, road trip on the company dime, so to speak. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. It's. I mean, they those kids are want, gonna want to keep playing. They don't want that to end. And being able to play in New York City, and it's it'll be you know televised on ESPN. They have a lot of exposure with that, even for being the NIT. I mean, that's it's a missed opportunity at that point. Um, it doesn't mean any. I mean, in the grand scheme of thing, winning the NIT doesn't mean anything. It's just, hey, you won the NIT, great. You know, you probably just submitted the argument. You know, if state goes on and does that, it just cements the argument that they should have been in the field. But, you know, yeah, well, they couldn't couldn't pull that through for us. Nope, nope. That, but that's all right. That's okay. I, I forgive them. Uh, once again, but yeah, that that was a heck of a heck of a ball game, as you mentioned. Had a feeling that it, I at least saw the potential that it could be a, a sort of high flying game. Just looking at Lipscomb's statistical profile, they were one of those teams that was willing to cooperate with NC State and, and push the tempo a little bit. So that was fun. When two teams are playing fast and also shooting the ball pretty well, it can be highly entertaining. It's just a shame that the game ended up being uh, defined the way it was, uh, despite. Torn Dorn's career night. Yeah. I don't think he's ever played any better on an individual basis like that. And to have it in that way is a big bummer. Big yeah, time bummer. It, but it, uh, it definitely was. Yes, you saw once again it just in general the the nature of the team and, and the flaws that they had this year were kind of on display across the board. Just, oh yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunate that it had to go that way, but certainly as as you mentioned, there was a lot that was kind of a, a, a indicative of a wider pattern this season. Mm-hmm. And we'll just have to see now how things progress into the off season. We're early, early as far as certain things go. Um, we of course know that Torin Dorn and Eric Lockett are out of here because they're seniors. Um, yep. Just as far as everything else goes with um, the freshmen on the roster or Markel Johnson potentially deciding to pursue a, a pro career and skip his final season these are things that are just gonna take some time to iron themselves out it, it feels like the years get more and more chaotic in this way in college basketball but it's just just the way it goes these days especially with the transfer market mm-hmm. yeah this is this has really become kind of the the normal for college basketball is that once the season ends the transfer market opens and it's basically free agency in college basketball and the biggest thing that i find that nc state has struggled with and this is not i mean this goes all the way back to even sendek is roster continuity there's just transfers flying out of the program constantly and that's not a knock on any one coach that's just the nature of what college basketball is now if you're not getting playing time you're going to leave and go find somewhere that is giving you playing time because these players only have but such a short window to kind of demonstrate to pro scouts and other people that might want their services as professional basketball players so they have to take advantage of where they can get playing time and that totally makes sense you got to you know do what's best for you um at the same time, it does make it challenging for NC State to build a uh, a roster that is uh, getting more and more talented every year when you're just kind of reloading with brand new pieces and kind of 
making a patchwork quilt out of it. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's going to happen again this year where they're going to hit the transfer market and the grad transfer market to fill in their gaps. And, you know, we'll kind of see how it all shakes out once those decisions get made. Yeah, it's certainly something to lament a little bit that you can't really get attached to to players anymore because there's just whether it's because they have enough talent to go pro or just not the the patience to see things through or understandably like you mentioned the the desire to go somewhere where they're going to play guys just don't stick around for very long it seems like in general so you don't get those three four year guys that you can really kind of get attached to anymore which is a bummer but it's just kind of the the nature of the sport these days unless you're like duke and you can just convince guys to redshirt and stick around and play 10 minutes a game because they're duke it's things like that you don't have the luxury of those things at nc state or at most programs for that matter so yeah we've already seen nc state's already reached out to quite a few uh, transfer players already uh, it's been a, a busy part of the year for NC State as far as that goes at least a handful of guys uh, maybe a few more in the last couple days it's hard to keep track sometimes of course it's all varying levels of interest at this point it's it's fairly initial for most of these things uh, and it remains to be seen of course how many of these guys reciprocate interest um, we know for sure that there is one player that is going to visit NC State coming up in about a week and a half that's Pat Andrews a wing player from a school I can no longer recall at the moment. Lehigh, is it Lehigh? Lehigh. Lehigh, yes. that's right. Lehigh. Good three-point shooter. There's a common thread with a lot of these guys that NC State has reached out to, and that is that they can shoot well from the from beyond the arc. That's certainly an area that NC State would like to find a little bit more depth going into next season with or without Markel Johnson or anyone else who may decide to, to exit. But, uh, yeah, a little more shooting depth is clearly a priority this offseason. Um, and... NC State is still, of course, also working the traditional high school recruiting routes uh, with some potential additions in the spring here for 2019. Of course, it's it's just harder to gauge, typically, how much those freshmen will impact the team next year versus guys who have already yeah. played a year or three in college. Yep. So that's you know that's the that's the bonus to the to the graduate transfer market is those guys. It's it's much more easy to kind of project how they'll fit in terms of what they can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it, I definitely think there's a lot of benefit to being able to, if you can find a grad transfer that, that fits your program, there's a lot of benefit to that because they have experience uh, in, in playing in tough games and they can help younger freshman players, you know, improve. Um, you know, one thing that's, that's interesting with all that is what's going to happen with some of Virginia Tech's players now that that Buzz is William that Buzz Williams is leaving, uh, and you know Blackshear, as I understand it, he could be a grad transfer. That would be somebody that would be interesting, and it's not uh, unprecedented for someone to transfer in conference. That's what Cam Johnson did when he left Pitt to go to UNC because of Kevin Stallings being an absolute disaster (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks Kevin. geez uh you know there you know blackshear is just one example but there there are players out there uh that are that are going to be available so you know 
go out and find them. Yeah, it's just it's it's just finding the right mix of that versus doing things more traditionally. You don't want to go too far to one extreme like say Nevada has uh, last couple of years. You know, it's this year I think it kind of backfired a little bit on them. They have so many transfers on that roster. It's it's hard to even I can't even remember how many pick they picked up last year, but it was like three or four uh, just to kind of fill things out around the Martin twins, but something like that is can be a little bit on the hazardous side. Just it can be, yeah. Bringing up that many different pieces in from separate places, can you be kind hard. of lose your identity at that point, right? Is where it takes a lot longer to kind of figure out what you're supposed to be collectively, if since you have mm-hmm. no prior experience playing together whatsoever and such a significant amount of, amount of your rotation is made up of those guys but anyway yeah it's a certainly a, the coaching changes that aspect is part of the transfers and, and of course guys getting out of their letters of intent as they fairly should be able to if, if certain yes. if somebody like buzz williams can go from virginia tech to texas a&m and not have to sit out a year in college station although that would be hilarious um, that would be hilarious. Players should be able, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There should be no consequence for players if they don't want to play for a new head coach to go and do their thing somewhere else. So we'll see how things kind of develop here over the next couple of weeks. It's a busy time of year, and it's only going to get busier once the actual season itself wraps up this coming weekend. Um, I did uh, want to mention, not really appropriate of anything, but also appropriate of everything here um we had a very productive weekend this past weekend here with both duke and north carolina losing yes and falling short of the final four frankly i I found that very uh entertaining that was that was quite refreshing that i uh no longer had to worry about either one of those two schools getting another championship i i did rather enjoy that yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Sometimes I'm tempted to go like the old uh, Miami Dolphins players. You know, they'd pop the champagne after the last NFL team <laughs> lost a game. You know, like we should do that every year. Just That's like not once, a bad idea. I once like Duke that. and Carolina are both out, we'll just be like, yes, we can relax now. <laughs> I did find it uh, rather weird that I don't know if you saw this today. Apparently, uh, pardon the interruption, speculated that Zion was going to come back to Duke. Uh, no, just stop. Just just stop. He's not coming back to college. I, I guess they're trying to milk every last ounce of television minute they can out of Zion Williamson at this point. I, I don't it know what must be. purpose that would serve, but yeah, that that's obviously right. ridiculous. It's like, yeah, do I want to come back to Duke or would I like to go go ahead and be the number one pick and also sign a huge like nine-figure shoe deal in the next couple yeah, of months? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, what, why would he do that? Yeah. No. Come it's on. silliness. Although, you know, I must admit, part of me is a little sad that Zion Williamson's season in college basketball is over because he was a really unique, fun kid to watch. If I'm... He he really was fascinating to watch for somebody that is the size of, like, an NFL defensive end and moves like LeBron James. I mean, the, the guy's just been absolute like specimen when it comes to his athleticism and i he's going to be incredibly fun to watch in the nba and yeah like it's it's a shame he went to duke because i can't stand duke but he was a a really really fun player 
Right. I mean, I absolutely loathe Duke, and Zion torched the hell out of NC State. He really um, did. But no, no, no hard feelings. Like it's it's just fun to watch someone like that at this level, where he's clearly a step or so ahead of basically everybody. Oh, and, I mean, he's still going to be great and, and make a lot of highlights in the NBA next year, but it's not going to be quite on that same. It's not going to be quite that wow factor, I guess you could say. So it's, I guess in that sense, it's a little bit unfortunate that Zion is no longer playing college basketball. Um, it's, it's would would have been fun to get a see a little bit more out of him just from that selfish perspective. But I'm certainly, mm-hmm. you know, if, if if Duke losing is the is the byproduct of that, then sure I'll take that take that trade. It's not a problem. I don't even care about my bracket at this point. It's like whatever. Duke's gone. Fine. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Burn my bracket. (laughs) That doesn't matter. The important thing is that Duke is out of this thing, and I don't have to worry about uh, seeing the parades and all the coverage and all that stuff from the local news and Twitter and all that garbage. Uh, Those are the important, uh, completely not petty things that I think about this time of year, Will. So that's just, (laughs) you know, priorities here. Absolutely. Big shout to Auburn. Um, Go Tigers. Our, our Hell yes. We now hold a weird transitive circle jerk. Uh, wait, no, wait, that's not what it is. It's a <laughs> transitive, you know, it's, it's like a triangle. Trans, it's a transitive triangle of, of victory and defeat with North Carolina and Auburn that NC State now holds. Which uh, also, if you were happen to to read Twitter at all, which you shouldn't because Twitter is bad and will rot your brain. Uh, mm-hmm. Thought it was a funny moment on on Saturday or Sunday uh, when Debbie Yao tweeted out that I don't think she really meant it as like a jab necessarily, but she she, <laughs> she went ahead and tweeted that yes, NC State beat Auburn. I think she was trying to justify the fact that NC State should have been in the NCAA tournament more so than trolling UNC, but it worked both ways. And uh, boy, Debbie's mentions were up in flames from then on. Oh, they were a tire fire. But see, I I'm going to disagree with you because I think she totally did that on purpose. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, Debbie is very very aware of not only uh, NC State but the the fan base in general, and she knows how to play the hits. And this is true. She. Can push. She pushes those buttons very, very well. It's something that uh, I think was really, really important as a part of her, like when she came on board to be the athletic director, because it showed just how in touch she was with NC State. Whereas, you know, uh, Lee Fowler was not in touch with NC State. It's like the exact opposite. He was in touch uh, with his lake house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and his jet ski and his oh, cigars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, these pictures always crack me up. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's Debbie has has always had a finger on the pulse of NC State, and she knows how to she knows how to stir people up. She's just that she's good at it. And I, I really think she she's like, I'm going to poke the bear tonight. <laughs> hey, and, and I'm fine with that, too. If that was the motivation, I'm completely OK with that. Just for the record, you know, if that's if that's how she's kind of sailing off into the sunset with some jabs on Twitter. That's fine. It's like, you know, YOLO, you got a month left. Who cares? Right. Exactly. But yeah, that was it was quite amusing to go with the actual result of the game itself and all that stuff. And in the meantime, North Carolina has actually it was just I suppose Tuesday Wednesday where 
Nasser Little and uh, Kobe White have both announced that they're leaving North Carolina for the NBA after one season. Of course, the unfortunate thing with a place like that is they're just going to reload. But uh, we'll see. You know, that, that does put a little bit more up in the air for them than maybe they expected, especially with Kobe White anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how they're going to respond to that. Uh, you know, I think Kobe White's season was far better than they had hoped. Um, he was a sensational player. I mean, everyone knew he was going to be good, but he was way ahead of, you know, even during the season where I thought or where they thought he was going to be. Um, I don't think Nasir Little ever panned out quite the way that they wanted to in Chapel Hill. Um, but he, like, like most NBA players that get drafted like super early, there's a lot of it that's based on potential, and he certainly has a ton of that. Um, Absolutely, yeah. He just uh, never. I don't think he fit in well with what Carolina was trying to do offensively because I distinctly remembered uh, the game in Raleigh when he came on the court. He had absolutely like no flow to that game at all. He was absolutely terrible. And I remember texting my buddy. I was like, how is this guy like going to be a top five pick? Then obviously, you know, throughout the rest of the season, I, you know, I saw flashes of why, you know, he's going to be one of those top five picks. And he's a great player. I just don't think he, he fit in all that well in Carolina. Yeah, some of those guys, it's it's like they're all gangly skills that are unrefined at this point. It's like the 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 sheer talent is ahead of the the refinement that comes later. At this point, it's just <laughs> like they're you see the glimpses, but it's like a I guess like C.J. Leslie would be a good example as far as I'm concerned. Just like the crazy athleticism and all this stuff he could do, but he wasn't actually any good at like you know dribbling or jump shooting and things like that. <laughs> the suit. Making. Yeah, you know, things things that can de- need to develop later, basically. But, um, you know, so there's sometimes those those guys that are more on the just pure athletes, they kind of get that right. higher rating. They're not quite there in terms of the, the, the sheer basketball skill yet. Um, and speaking of that, um, NC State has its own potential loss to the NBA draft this year, oddly enough. It's that's right. who has not played a year of college basketball at all. Um, that's point guard slash wing slash dunking phenom Jalen LeCue, who is a year removed from uh, when he could have graduated from high school, which is the argument, although he did not receive a diploma, which is the <clears> potential <throat> sticking point. Basically, they're saying he could have graduated in 2018, gotten his diploma and played college basketball this past season, but he chose not to. He prepped a year at Brewster Academy, which is where T.J. Warren, amongst a bunch of other great high school players, have played. Um, so he spent his year there, and now he's exploring his potential draft eligibility. I suspect, basically, this has been on the table for months and months and months. Basically, we've known yes. this was a possibility since uh, he signed on the dotted line with NC State last fall. So he'll almost certainly get the approval that he's looking for in terms of being eligible for the 2019 NBA draft. He'll submit his name, I'm sure, and I expect him to go through that evaluation process. So that's up in the air as to whether or not he even suits up for the Wolfpack ever. Yeah, it's it, 
it's sad because that he would have been a really really fun player to watch uh you know we we've seen the the videos of him just absolutely dunking the hell out of the ball and he's he's very athletic and extremely talented and he would have been very very fun to watch uh you know i think he has a pretty strong case uh that you know, Joe, if you follow Joe Giglio on Twitter, he's been kind of examining the the bylaws that the the NBA has set forth, and there's some gray area to all this. And you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens out of all that. Um, but I'm with you. I kind of uh, don't think he'll ever play at NC State, which sucks because he would have been a very very fun player to watch in ACC play next next year. That's just what I'm going to assume until I, I hear otherwise. I know there's he's far from a lock as a first round draft pick. I know that much, but you know it's just one of those things where if one team decides that they they're willing to commit enough financial backing to taking him wherever. I mean, if, if, if it's basically if it's a kid looking for an excuse to go pro rather than go to school, he's going to find it and take it. Yep. So, it, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm never optimistic about these situations like this. Uh, yep. We'll see. We'll see how it develops. And NC State, I'm sure, has been preparing as best it can for this decision one way or the other and as far as the recruiting behind the scenes goes. So we'll see what happens. That's just one of the many, many balls up in the air this time of year, of the of the figurative kind. That is, of course, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, looking elsewhere, just in general, I've seen just aside from the guys recruiting or, or I mean, graduating or turning pro. You know, there's I've seen a few transfers here and there, um, and of course, you mentioned earlier, Buzz Williams is on his way out of Virginia Tech, which so far is the probably the the headlining story of the yes. offseason at least in terms yes. of how it affects the the pecking order um in a shift in power kind of moving forward yeah that's a that's a huge loss for virginia tech um and as i understand it they have several players graduating so they're not only are they going to have a new coach they're going to have a lot of new faces on that roster next year and it you know stands to reason they're probably going to take a significant step back before they get any better um i did see a lot of rumblings that they were potentially looking at trying to convince uh steve wojciechowski to come coach them which would be hilarious if they poached a second coach for Marquette. <laughs> yeah, uh, they know there's other schools, right? They, they right, right. They? yeah. I mean, there's there's okay. a lot of D1 schools that have coaches that may would be interested in that job. Um, you know, Buzz did a lot of uh, great things at Virginia Tech. I think he far exceeded what their expectations were. You know, especially after the disaster that James Johnson was. Um, they could, you know, only get better. And he did a, a really great job making them a tough team to beat up in Blacksburg. And they, they I mean, they were consistently good night in and night out. Um, it's a shame that uh, he's leaving to go to Texas A&M. Is, is he from Texas? Is that what it is? 
That's what pe- I mean, he is. Yeah, I believe that is his, his origin. I think okay. that's what people are saying that he wants to go back to Texas. But I don't, I don't know. I was kind of wondering what the connection to that was. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's that necessarily. Uh, I, there was an interesting thing uh, I saw from from David Teal today. Uh, it, Teal is a uh, one of the beat writers or basically Virginia Tech UVA local media guy up in uh, Virginia. He writes for the uh, Virginian pilot. He's been on that beat for a long, long time. He's very, very good. Yeah. Um, great, great writer. He's well connected as well. There was an interesting passage from his his article today. It said, uh, regarding Williams, it said that he's keenly self-aware. Um, he also realizes that he has a short short shelf life. His eccentricities, obsessive work regimen, and frequent grandstanding eventually rub people wrong, and they did at Tech. Interesting. So we've got this testimonial from David Teal that Buzz Williams, and I'd heard some things about kind of how he operated. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a high-strung or, or extremely, on occasion, seeming like maybe like a bit of a micromanaging type in terms of his team at, at Marquette, but still I was confused at the time why he would leave Marquette for Virginia Tech, which felt then like a step down, and it still would feel that way to me if tomorrow Steve Wojciechowski left Marquette for Virginia Tech, just in terms of the, the focus and the amount of money that they spend at Marquette. is actually be surprised at how good everything is basketball-wise there because they have no football program to worry about. Exactly. Uh, it, it would, he would definitely take a step back in terms of what the primary focus is in, at the program because football will, will always take that at Virginia Tech. Um, and they, like we talked about, they, they're going to have a very big talent gap. Um, so, to, I mean, the question becomes, does he want to come to the ACC and deal with that meat grinder for a little while and and hope that he could succeed and move up the the coach k era parent list that exists somewhere in that uh ivory tower on duke's campus uh it's you know it's it's up to him at that point if he uh you know wants to take that risk i mean i think he's got a pretty good deal at marquette uh i I was kind of surprised to hear his name pop up when I when I saw that, but you know, coaches are weird. They sure are. Yeah, I mean the the remark there from David Teal is just a good example of a lot of the things that we don't see, you know, on the on the outward mm-hmm. public facing side of things, where Buzz is pretty pretty likable. He, he jokes around at like at halftime interviews and things like that, and. If, People have gotten used to his antics on the sidelines and things, but uh, you know, maybe if if it's one of those things where he makes everybody tired of him after five or six years, that would explain why he left Marquette in the first place. That would help explain why he's leaving Virginia Tech now. Whether or not he actually cares about going back to Texas is anyone's guess. Certainly, Texas A&M has plenty of money to throw around if they want to at basketball. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I guess just just to kind of wrap this the Williams part of this up if I were a Virginia Tech fan I suppose I would try to look at this from the perspective of the guy was kind of uh, above your your expected level in terms of coaching quality that when he got hired um, so just kind of take these last few years as a gift and move on from there I suppose 
He did a tremendous job at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, who knows what would have happened with that them this season if they'd had Justin Robinson the entire year without yeah. that injury. Um, so I guess you just kind of take what you had and move on from there. Um, can't can't deny a guy's character if he's just that type of guy that gets the wanderlust after five six years, you know. But that's but no yeah, doubt it's, I, it's a, I'm with you there. It's a tough setback for the program in general. There's no question, and we haven't seen any other major major coaching alterations yet. Somewhat surprisingly, perhaps maybe the story is that what Boston College and Wake Forest didn't do this off season. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was shocked that BC retained Jim Christian. And I thought that was a done deal that he was gone. Uh, and I was pretty shocked that Wake didn't pull the trigger on Danny Manning. Just, you know, I know he has like a huge buyout, but uh, it was th- that was very clearly a broken team by the end of the year. Uh, and I just there are a lot of very very unhappy Wake fans. Uh, our our friends over at Blogger So Dear have uh, made that very clear that they're not, they're not happy about uh, Manning being retained and it just goes to uh, show that maybe Ron Wellman is their version of Lee Fowler something like that for sure because you know with Wake Forest it's one of those dynamics with a small school like that I think it's a lot more difficult to mobilize your football program and win at a high level as we've seen with Wake pretty much throughout their entire history with some exceptions but basketball is something certainly where that's within their reach that they could actually compete at a high level with the right coaching staff in place and uh yeah ron wellman has completely boffed that the last couple of times through and i guess this i thought when they announced wellman's retirement earlier this year and they were making that change that somehow they'd figure out a way to get danny manning out of town despite all the money involved, but I guess uh, a tip of the cap is due for Danny Manning's agent who bought Danny Manning at least one more year with that contract. Mm-hmm. And that oh, yeah. Buyout. I mean, that's really a figure that it has to be like 85% of it was that buyout that kept Danny Manning. I, yeah. It's, it's going to be a rough atmosphere next year. I mean, we, we saw how badly it devolved in terms of like the, the crowds at their home games down the stretch here. Um, mm-hmm. Just, and, and like you mentioned, I mean, the guys, everybody online, the, the, the poor guys at Blogger So Dear, everybody's just so disheartened by this. Next year is just going to, it's not going to be good for anybody because this is not going to change. Mm-hmm. Like you can't change. Danny Manning is very similar to Mark Gottfried in the sense that those guys don't have a damn clue how to coach teams how to play defense. They just don't. It's just not going to ever change. Ever. Not at all. Unless you can somehow magically make that attribute appear, then there is no reason whatsoever to expect anything to change about the Wake Forest program in general. Um, No matter how many guys they add, no matter how many elite recruiting classes they they bring in, they brought in a very good one this past year, uh, which, by the way, I'm still surprised they've been able to recruit as well as they have with all the speculation and job status stuff up in the air, but that's that's a question for another day. just no reason to expect that outlook to change and and the same thing is true for in different ways for Boston College I thought that was the more pathetic one of the two because it was like they they made this announcement that Jim Christian would be back but they were they promised to you know invest more into support and I guess facilities 
for the program moving forward. Like, yeah, look, what's that going to do? I mean, the, the guy can catch right. or he can't. Yeah. You know, that stuff didn't matter for Al Skinner. You know, if you can coach, you can generally get around a lot of those circumstances. Uh, if you suck, uh, pretty much you know who you are after a certain number of years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's a, I do certainly have a, a good bit of sympathy for those two fan bases not be, they may not be huge but they've got a good certainly both sides they've got a lot of dedicated people that care quite a bit um and it, it's just rough to see these this purgatory extended for no apparent reason particularly with boston college with jim christian it's he's not making that much money his bias not is not huge like what do you need a sixth year for to, to show you after yeah him not making the ncaa tournament for five straight years, you know, not having a winning record or even remotely close to one in the league in league play over five years. I don't. Anyway, that's it's going to be a relatively quiet one on the carousel for the league, I guess. Uh, partly, though, still pending your boy Josh Pastner at Georgia Tech, <laughs> who uh, yes. you know Georgia Tech was recently. I guess it's been a I don't know a month or so maybe now since that the NCAA stuff started to come out. They're being actively investigated, so it remains to be seen where that goes for for Josh Pastner. Does Josh uh, do- I did I did think one of the highlights of the ACC tournament was when that report came out, and uh, I believe it was the Sports Channel Eight guys uh, happened to see him like furiously texting on his phone. He was just sitting there at the arena. I mean, Georgia Tech had already been eliminated, but he was just there watching basketball <laughs> and then that report came out and his phone just started blowing up like why did he just <laughs> why did he stay there like get out of there dude <laughs> oh good times good times the, what a roller coaster ride over there Georgia Tech <laughs> oh man they're, they're not good they can't seem to figure it out either down there. You would think no. uh, it would be a little bit easier for a place like Georgia Tech to, to win consistently in basketball with all the talent in the Atlanta area, but whatever. They can keep screwing this up as far as I'm concerned. Doesn't I'm with to me. you there. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I don't think there's there are any other real dramatic changes on the horizon as far as the coaching goes. Partly it was some of the teams in the bottom third – have established coaches they maybe they were having a down year or whatever or they have a new guy like in pittsburgh's case obviously uh, where things aren't going to change so those were really the three schools where it looked like things were going to well i guess excluding virginia tech i should say that just the two schools there boston college Mm -hmm. wake forest where it looked like things were going to happen and nothing did so they're going to be uh, relegated to the bottom portion of the league once again, and you know Boston College just lost Kai Bowman. He's going to the pros. He's he won't be back. Yep. Not surprising. Um, so that's going to be a that's going to be a very depressing bummer all around for those guys next year. I I, I would be shocked if we didn't see another season of. Uh, I'm trying to think of that uh, that one BC player who said his favorite thing about the year was going out to eat. I mean we're <laughs> we're we're looking at that kind of level of season for BC with, you know, Kai Bowman leaving was essentially the majority of their offense. Uh, yeah, they're, they're in big trouble up in Chestnut Hill. 
Now, see, we we joke, but actually going out to eat and having that being a fond memory at Boston <laughs> College can be a real accomplishment <laughs> when you remember that at one point the like the half the basketball team got sick after going to Chipotle. That's right. That that also happened. <laughs> so going out to eat is not even a given to be an enjoyable experience at Boston College. You got to really oh. be careful up there. It's, oh, it's just man. rough, just rough all around. Uh, <laughs> uh, the so we're. Just moving away from that depressing subject for a little bit there. Uh, we'll see what they do next season. That should be entertaining for everyone that's not not them. Um, but, uh, you know, we're getting, getting into the dog days, starting to wind things down for the major sports. It's a bummer, but uh, also exciting from the, I suppose, from the baseball perspective. For those of us who do actively follow the baseball team, um, and I've been imploring people to please, please jump on the bandwagon early this year. Like, like, please don't wait till the ACC tournament to start doing this, guys. They're they're really good. They're you very, know, very they're good. Very, very good. Uh, there's just, just something the way they've been playing this year. I don't know if it's just a, a chemistry dynamic, but they've rallied in a bunch of games in late innings. Just shown an, a really. Well, impressive amount of determination and ability to hit in the clutch uh, late in games overcoming deficits late um, winning games perhaps they shouldn't have or in in most other years wouldn't have um, I mean bottom line they're they're 27 and three right now so it's it's, it's a good time to start paying attention yep they uh, they're kicking ass and all indications are they're gonna keep doing that so get on board early this is a really fun team that should make a lot of noise in the postseason absolutely this is a team that at this point is very much in 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 a position where it could earn a a, a top eight national seed in the postseason which would guarantee um, home field throughout the ncaa tournament before omaha so they wouldn't have to leave raleigh to get to omaha which is that's huge that was the case uh, when they made it to Omaha in 2013 as well. Uh, yeah, that that makes a big big difference. It's it's a fun team. They, the middle of that lineup is is fantastic. They've got some exciting freshmen. There's two kids on the team from the Czech Republic, um, which is interesting. One of them has actually entrenched himself as the starting third baseman as a freshman, which is a great story. Uh, there's just lots of stuff to like about this team. Uh, Will Wilson, it. Um, is probably going to be a first-round pick in June. He's a junior, plays shortstop. Um, Patrick Bailey is a sophomore. He's the catcher. He's a switch hitter. Uh, another fantastic talent. He'll be back for another year because of the draft rules, but another future probably high major league draft pick. So it's that middle of that order is pretty relentless. They're fun to watch. Those guys can all crush the ball a long, long way. So if you get a chance, please do give them a look this year and uh, you know, most of these games are, if you're willing to put in the effort, most of these games are you're able to watch them because they're on uh, ESPN3 or the pretend ACC network as it is right now anyway. <laughs> With, at no cost, basically, if you have a cable provider. <laughs> yes. You know, there won't be any actual, like, TV, TV games, I don't think, other than maybe one or two here or there. But that's one of the things, hopefully, down the road that the the ACC network will, will remedy a little bit with more um, space for that type of content. Um, anyhow, baseball season's going great. 
I can't see anything that could possibly go wrong with an NC State sporting sports team, so don't worry about that. There will be no heartbreak. When has there ever been heartbreak around here? I don't know the wouldn't know what it looked like. But. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> all right. Um, well, it's been a eventful podcast, certainly to reflect it <laughs> for various reasons uh, <laughs> involving my internet connection. Uh, thanks, internet. But uh, we will uh, call it quits here before anything else explodes. We'll um, we'll do this again shortly. Uh, and uh, thanks as always, folks, for listening. <laughs>